Welcome to Slaying It With Santa Rob, episode number 24. I hope that you've been enjoying our uh, weekly podcast here. I've been saving this one. Actually, I should say I've been waiting for this one for a while. This is a guy that uh, everybody knows, but I don't know if you know that much about him. We're going to find out tonight when you listen to classic Christian rock, when you listen to classic rock, period. There are a handful of voices out there that are very familiar and that I refer to as iconic. So without further ado, welcome to the sleigh, the former voice of Kansas, Mr. John Elefante. Can you hear me, John? Hey, Rob. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Hey, thanks for taking time out and talking to me today. No problem. That, it's your, your episode number 24. <laughs> I, I, I started off with John Schlitt 24 episodes ago. All right. Last week, we talked to Dale Thompson from Bride. Great. So as long as I'm talking to iconic voices, you're next. I just got off the road, man. So, so who, who you been traveling with? Oh, we were out in California doing a few shows for the American Heart Association. Oh, man. And um, really good shows. It's, I, I saw the, the uh, guitar that was signed by Dolly Parton. That's pretty amazing. Well, yeah, 13 grand, man. That's yeah, I'm talking about talk about icons. We started, a, we started the bid at like two grand and just kept going up and up and up and up. People wanted it. Did you see the, the look of the guitar with the We the People on it and stuff? I, I did. It was gorgeous. I mean, I don't, think a, I don't think a libtard was going to buy it. but <laughs> uh, I, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I think you're right. I, I don't see that one happening. I, yeah. I, I, I figured yeah. that a lot, a lot of people know your voice and a lot of people know Kansas and Mastodon, but they don't know how the whole thing happened, how you got involved with Kansas and took off from there. So that's kind of the direction I wanted to head and see if you could fill us in a little bit on you before Kansas and how Kansas happened. Well, you want to get started? Sure. Tell me when you're rolling. We're rolling. We're rolling, baby. Let's go. Fire away. So when, how, how did you get involved with Kansas? I mean, Steve Walsh was the voice for years. And then all of a sudden there's John Elefante in his place. Well, um, we probably have to go back to the beginning when I was born. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Well, that's a good place to start. And the reason I say that is because. God positioned me for that show. There's no doubt in my mind that it didn't just fall on my lap. Um, my brother and I were shopping a record deal. Uh, we had a we we decided to use a uh, attorney to shop the deal for us. And a friend of mine from the band Idle Cure, remember those guys? Mm-hmm. I was running up my driveway once because you know we had a we had a we converted our garage into a, in a little eight track studio. Yeah. Oh, I heard Steve Walsh left Kansas, man. It's all over the radio. And they're looking, you know, they're actively looking for a new singer. 
He said, why don't you try out? I said, yeah, come on. Dude, there's going to be a million people trying out for that gig. He said, no, man, you can do it. You can do it. I said, I can't sing as high as Steve Walsh. I mean, there's no way I can pull that gig off. So I started talking to Dino about it and ran about my folks. And they said, go for it. What do you got to lose? So it just turns out, and, and this is how things start to fall into place, that we had an attorney, his name, his name was Jay Cooper. And um, I said, Jay, do you know anybody that uh, is affiliated with Kansas? Because I heard that Steve Walsh left and they're looking for a singer. He goes, yeah, my partner met, uh, is their attorney right next door, the next office. I said, oh. he, he had a handful of our demo tapes. Okay. And uh, I said, can you give him one and have him pass it on to the manager? So he said, sure. And he did it. I didn't think anything about it. A couple of weeks go, you know, goes by, and I get a call from the manager, Bud Carr. He says, I'd like to meet you in person, man. We dug, we dug your tape. And I'm like, Dino, you playing a trick on me? <laughs> so anyway, I met with him. I went up there, and we had lunch, and it went really well. And then he wanted me to do a live audition. I did a live audition and thought, my knees were going to break from shivering some from you know shivering so much. Yeah. Um, did a horrible job at the live audition because I was so nervous. But Dino was in the control room and he said, "You got the gig, buddy." On the way home, I said, "I don't know what you heard, but I was, I was horrible." He goes, "They knew you were nervous, man. They talked about it. It was it was the guys in the control room was Ken Scott, as in David Bowie, Beatles." Okay. Super Tramp. I mean, Ken, legendary producer. It was, it was Ken sure. Scott and Bud Carr, the manager. Right. And Dino said to me, they knew you were nervous, man. They knew you were nervous, but your voice fit the music perfectly. And I said, you're crazy. You know, I, I never thought it was going to happen. Anyway, you know, another week goes by. This is happening over Christmas of 1980. And uh, I started getting a call from Phil E. Hart and Carrie Livgren and yeah. The guys in the band, and, and they asked me to come out to Atlanta and, and, and do a live audition with the band, and I walked in, and I thought they were going, okay, let's try Wayward Son. Let's try Point of No Return. Let's try this. Let's try that. They said, no, yeah. we, want to play, we want to play your stuff. So the first song we learned was It's Time We Face It, a song that Dino and I wrote. Okay. And when those guys started playing that song, Rob, it was like, wow, there's that sound on one of my songs. <laughs> I mean, it, it was, it was, I, I mean, I went weak at the knees again, man. It was like, you know, Robbie's playing, he's just picking out violin parts to play. And it was like, wow, wow they just turned the song in, in the full on Kansas, you know, because it is Kansas. Right. And uh, I think I was there a few weeks and then they said, you know, you got the gig. And then I knew my work was cut out from me from there on out. I mean, I knew I had a lot, a lot of work in front of me. Right. So. The rest were of the picture, you? I mean, where, where, where God really, really entered the picture was my voice wasn't equipped to pull all that stuff off, man, at that time. It, I was close, yeah, but I wasn't quite equipped. And, I mean, throughout the, the, the period of six months, when we finished the record and then we started rehearsing for the tour, I was ready. My, my voice, I mean, I, I was just ready. I had the I had my range all tightened up. Um, I was able to go out and sing, you know, everything just like the record. I mean, proof of it is without bragging is 
I don't know if you've ever seen the live at Omaha. Have you seen that? I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, you got to see that, man. Okay. I look like like an idiot, but it's live in Omaha. You got to see the remastered version. Okay. And it's really cool because, you know, I don't say this braggingly, but I was, I was the only singer that was ever with the original Kansas band, aside wow. from Steve Walsh. After after I left and after Carrie and Dave left, there was no longer the original Kansas band had never played together again with right. Robbie. With Robbie. So I was I was the singer that was like with the original guys, all of them. You know, no new guys. And that's I'm really proud of that, man. I really that's really a cool, you know, I think back about that, it's just a nice thought. And when all that happened, Kansas was pretty much at the top of their game. Yes. So, <sighs> I mean, Fire with Fire that Dino and I wrote was, yeah. I believe, it was the, it was, of course, it wasn't as popular as Wayward Son, but it was the highest charting single they ever had. See, that's the song that always comes to mind when, when, when uh, I got to see you and Schlitt play out in Ohio a couple of years back before the lockdown happened, when you just fight fire with fire, it's like, Oh my. Yeah. This, I, I can't even imagine. I never got to see Kansas with, with you in front. Yeah. Well, you but, got it. You got to check out that video. It's on YouTube. It's really, I couldn't watch it for 12 years. Cause I looked, I, I didn't want, I couldn't stand to see myself. And if I said, well, now I'm going to sit down and watch this whole thing from top to bottom. And I was like, wow, what a band. My gosh. I'd never seen anything like it. You, you, you have to see it. It's really, it's really good. I'll, I'll be looking that one up. I will. What, what, was Fight Fire with Fire the first song, the, no, the first but, single with that, you? That record hadn't come out yet. This was, this was in 82, right? This, we were touring the Vinyl Confessions record. Okay. So we, had, we hadn't made uh, drastic measures yet. Okay. So what what were your thoughts on stage with those guys for the first time? It's like, what am I doing here? No, no, I didn't have time to think about any of that. All I was thinking about was how do I do my job and how do I do it great? I didn't have time to think, wow, this is bigger than life. How cool is this? Oh, man, look at all the people in the audience. You know, look how cool I am. I didn't have time for any of that stuff, man. It was all business. And I don't mean business as in dollars and cents. Right. I mean, it's time to get down to business and put this band, keep them where they should be, you know, with, with a viable singer that is able to, you know, pull off what Steve Walsh did. Now, granted, he's a better singer than I, but I, I, I pull that stuff off pretty well. I, I can't even fathom that. Now, this while you're out there with, with them, is Dino with you a lot? Is he touring with you? No, he no he he came to the first show we did in uh, Huntsville, Alabama. But uh, other than that, no, he just he stayed home and I said, start building a recording studio, man. I'm making more money now. I'm funneling money home to him, and he's building the studio where we recorded Petra in, in Los Alamitos, California. Mm -hmm. And got finished building the studio. The next thing I know, he goes, "Oh, I'm producing a sweet comfort band." You know, our popularity just started rising because of my. Stature with Kansas. Oh man, see, you just brought up more memories that I, I, I 
on, on my way home today from work, I was riding my bike and thinking, there are just so many questions that are just jumbled in my head to, to, to ask you. The, the, how long did the ride with Kansas go with you? Right around five years. About five years. And at that point, had you just had it, was it time to move on? Well, when Carrie and Dave left, there was really no Kansas left. I mean, Robbie, they, you know, they fired Robbie at that time. So it was just, there was really no Kansas. You know, the only Kansas that was, you know, they tried to keep intact was just the three of us, me, Phil, and Rich. And I said, man, this is really cool, but without Carrie and Dave and without this truly being Kansas, I'd rather go out and, you know, try my wings out somewhere else. And you're right. You really can't have Kansas without Kerry. No, not really. That's something you don't think of. The guitar player isn't always the guy who holds it together, but he kind of was there. Well, Kerry's not only an incredible guitar player, man. Yeah, I hear him play keyboards. He's a monster. Yeah. Man, like I'd say, I just can't even imagine all this. So after, after you left Kansas... Well, here I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump forward a little bit. When when Kansas went through their change a couple of years back, were you? Did you consider possibly singing with them again? Um, you know, as, as in the last ten years, you mean, or eight years? Yeah, yeah, in the last ten years. I can't remember when they got their newest singer. Well, that's, I, that's... I I met I met with Phil and Rich in Chattanooga, and we had a meeting about me coming back and. I think they were able to tell that I wasn't really interested. It's just, it, it was like been there, done that. Um, I'm not into getting in this stinky bus and doing a three week tour and doing four or five nights a week. I just, I liked my life the way it was. You know what I mean? I was doing just right. enough, just enough shows that I wanted to do. I had a lot of family time and I was really enjoying my life and I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to jump back in the fire. No, no right, that right, makes right. perfect sense. Right now I'm doing, man, I, I, I couldn't ask for it better. I mean, I'm doing just as many shows as I want to do. Plenty of time with my family. Plenty of time to do other things that I do. And, and it's perfect. I mean, those guys tour like crazy, man. Yeah. You know, and they do two-hour shows and four or five nights a week. I mean, you know, they're probably getting up at 5.30 in the morning to make connections to different airports and, you know, riding on buses. And, you know, when you're done with the show, usually shows end at about 11. Right. And then you got a meet and greet back on stage, which is an hour. And then you're kind of pussing around back there, talking to people, shaking hands, taking pictures. It's hard to get out of there. Right. And then by the time you get back to your hotel, it's, you know, it's one thirty-two in the morning. By the time you get to sleep, it's 3.00. And, you know, sometimes I would have a five thirty, six o'clock lobby call. And it's really hard on a singer, man. And, you know, guitar players can do it, but right. I, I just can't imagine that lifestyle anymore. I mean, I got to hand it to their new singer. I mean, if you know, if he's pulling it off, well, he is pulling it off. Yeah. You know, him, him, I, being able, him being able to do that is quite amazing. Yeah, yeah, because that's, he's, he had some big shoes to fill there two times. Yeah. So, so when when you left Kansas, is that when you started producing Petra and other groups? 
Uh, not by design. Uh, God just put me there. I, I, I'd never produced a record. You know, when Dino had produced Sweet Comfort, and then Bob Hartman approached us to produce a Petra record, but he said, the only problem is we don't have a singer because Greg Balls had, had just left. Right. And so we're trying to make a record and find a singer. So I think we auditioned a couple of singers and then Bob said, Hey, um, how about this guy, John Slit? You know how Bob talks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you nailed it, by the way. <laughs> how about this guy, John Slit? <laughs> oh, was that the guy that was as flat as a pancake guy? Head East? Yeah, man, bring him out. So John was, he got on a plane and came on out and we auditioned him. And I said, He's a little rusty, but he's your guy, man. He's your guy. So we made Back to the Street with John, and I didn't really know how to produce, but Bob gave me a tip that really helped. He said, just be a member of the band. Just make believe you're in the band. He said, write, write music with us, help Schlitt invent melodies, help him get his, his uh, sea legs back. Um, you know, just kind of be in the band. So that's how I, I always produced. I always approached producing. Okay. Well, it's kind of you know, kind of joining the band and getting inside the band, as opposed to just you know sitting back on a in a producer's chair going, "Hey, try this. Hey, try that." You know, it's like that's just not the way I did it. Right. Now, I, I had I had heard in an interview once upon a time that. You, you mentioned Bob, that Bob had one particular tone that he was known for guitar-wise. And that, uh, I don't know if it was you and Dino or if it was both of you that said, there are other ways to play. There are other, other, other tones. Is, is, is that a true story? You know what? I don't, I don't really remember that, Rob. It's, it, it, uh, I briefly remember something like that, but Bob was a... He was a pretty well-rounded guy. He was a lot more of a rock guy than people thought. Yeah. You know. Um, well, you can't I, play I, Judas Kiss without some rock. So, yeah. No, no not at all. So, I, I don't really recall that. But I know that he learned a lot from Dino. Because, you know, we cut our teeth in a whole different way. than. I mean, Dino and I grew up playing clubs, man. Right. You know, with Jonathan Kane Band and stuff like that. And. So, you know, we grew up in a real club kind of rock and roll environment in California. I don't think I even realized you, you guys played with the Jonathan Kane band. Well, he was from the same area, and we didn't play with him, but we always opened for him. Okay. A lot in the Jonathan Kane band. That was before he joined the Babies. Okay. And he was really good, man. It was like we'd sit back and go, this guy's, guy's really got it. And next thing we knew, he was in the babies, and then the rest is history. The rest is history, as they say. That uh, other than Petra, who else are you and Dino known for producing? Guardian, the Brave, Natalie Grant, um, Ex Sinner, um, Bride. Um, St. Almost Fire, the movie with David Foster. Oh, my. See, I don't even think I realized that one. Um, 
Gosh, well, we've done 150 records. Nikki Leonte, who did really well. Um, gosh, so many records, I can't even think of them all, Rob. Which, uh, which Bride album, or not, excuse me, not Bride, but which Guardian album was that? Uh, we didn't do the first one, but we did everything after. You did everything after that up until Bottle Rocket. I shouldn't say everything. We did, um, we did, uh, I think about four after their first one. They had a different thing on the first one. Right. Uh, right. Then, and then, and then Jamie got in there. Then Jamie came along. And, um, I think we did four records. I think wow. the best one was, uh, Oh, we had, we had them on MTV. They were the first Christian band to ever get on Headbangers Ball on MTV. Um, on the first band on a Christian label. What was the name of that record? Uh, you could probably remember better than me, Rob. I, I I see labels in my head. My head is jumbled right now. Right now. Well, we did Fire and Love, and then there was another one we did after that. Okay. I don't remember the name. Yeah. I, I, swing, 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 swung is coming to mind. Yeah, we did that. But one. you're talking. We did that one, but then then we did one in between. Yeah, it was really cool. It had that really cool artwork. I can I can see it in my head, and it's and I'm not, I'm not at a computer to look it up right now. So e either way, yeah, that was a cool you, record. You, you've worked with some serious icons. If you, I mean, that's that's just. That's just good stuff. Well, I'll tell you <laughs> so, that, another cool thing was when we got to work with Lou Graham on with, with Petra. Yeah, because we need Jesus, right? Me and John, were, me and John were out on the road together a few weeks ago, and we were just saying, John, how cool was that, man? You know, we called Lou Graham; he agrees to do it, and we sent the limo to the airport to get him. Next thing we know, he pulls up in the limo, gets out of the car, comes in does this Lou Graham thing, and it was like, whoa, Lou Graham, Petra. <laughs> you know, and I sang on it, and it was really a great memory. That's And Lou's still out there doing it today. He is. I've done lots of shows with him. That, 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 that's something I wanted to touch on. You do a lot of shows with some great singers. Oh, yeah. You know, so... Who, who who are some of your favorites that you've been with? I know if you've sang with everybody. Some of my favorites, uh, Mickey Thomas. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Gosh, I've been out with. You had to hit me with that question. There's a million of them. <laughs> I can think of Mickey Thomas. I can think of uh, Mike Mills from REM. Uh, yeah. Tommy Johnson from the Doobies. Um, Steven Stills was on a show that I did. Um, gosh, there's a million of them, Rob. Man. Jason uh, I, I, Chicago. Yeah. John Schlitt. Um, Kevin Chalfant, who's incredible. He's, he's... So what, what, then when you go out, do you guys just take, what, two, two three songs each and keep it going for a couple hours? We usually do four or five songs each. Okay. And the voice is the rock radio who, who I tour with the most. I, I, I'm patiently waiting for an Indianapolis show. <laughs> yeah, Indianapolis. Uh, we were close a few weeks ago. We were in we were in um, 
uh, Indiana. We were in. Um, you were up north, if I remember right, and I was moving my daughter that weekend to college. I think so, yeah, we, date, I think it is. We were real close to uh, where's no where's Notre Dame. Yeah, South Bend. We were real close to South Bend. Yeah, and, and if I if I remember right, that's the same weekend that I that I was moving my daughter up to Ball State in Muncie. That was a good show. We also did a really good show about a month ago in Tulsa. There were forty thousand people. Holy cow! Yeah, it was amazing. Now, we're, that were, were you? Was that the main event, or was there more? No, that was the main event. Last year they they drew ten thousand. This year they drew. Now it was a free concert, but last year they only drew ten thousand people. This year they had forty thousand. And John Schlitt was on that. Kevin Chalfont, Randall Hall from Leonard Skinnerd, um, and a guy named um, um, Foghat singer. Uh, what's his name? Oh gosh! You know you get old, Rob, and your memory just goes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're we're in, we're in the same boat now. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 really good. I've done yeah, I've done shows with uh, Grand Funk guy. You probably think of his. Yeah, Mark Farner. Mark Farner, David Pack. Yeah. Um, gosh, a million million guys. That's a, so. What was it like being in front of forty thousand people again? Awesome. Just a sea of people, man. But it was really hot that night. I go out with the band Asia a lot too. That's right. I forgot. Yeah. Oh man, that's a that's a fun show. I I can only imagine because, I mean that that's some Asia alone has talent beyond belief. Uh, yes, yeah, the head of the band now is a guy named John Payne. Uh, John Payne. He's been with them for a while. Michelle, I'm sorry, Rob. Oh, you're fine. I shut the door here. My grandkids make a lot of noise. <laughs> no, not a problem at all. The privilege is being on stage with a lot of great singers, man. Gretchen Wilson. Um, just, just some. Uh, I've been, I've been on stage with. Um, um, Eric, what was his name? Lifeson from uh, uh, yeah, Rush, from Rush. Rush. What's his first name? Um, Eric. Yeah. Hold on, wait. Let's see. Jeez, oh, now, now, now my head's getting jumbled. Well, yeah, yeah, Getty Lee, Eric. Yeah, Eric Lifeson. Um, Skunk Baxter, Mike McDonald. Um, just gosh, I, I've I've had the. I've had the privilege of being on, on stage with those guys a lot of times. Is, is there anybody out there? This is normally a question I throw at the end, but is there anybody out there that you wish that you could play with, whether they're, they were dead or alive? Um, yeah, lots of people. Uh, when, when I first heard you and John and, and the secular band do Boston, Brad Delp was like my a number one favorite vocalist ever. He's great, and it, and that that's the category. It's I think holy cow! How how do you guys do? See that that. Have you seen that video? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we we pulled it off, didn't we? 
You did. And I, I shake my head every time I watch something that you guys do. You know, it's like, how are they doing this? Well, we did Fooling Yourself, Angry Young Man by Sticks. Yeah. They put it up on their their Instagram page. They themselves, Sticks the Band, put it up on their Instagram page. That's insane. So, so is, is there anything new coming from the secular group? There's always something new coming from the secular group. We're, we're doing about, I'd say almost a video a month, maybe a video every month and a half. So there's a lot more to come there. I'd like and, to bring in some other guest artists like uh, Skunk Baxter from Steely Dan. Right. Um, yeah, I'd like you know I'd like to bring in some some guest guys to sit in with us and try to talk Jay into doing. He's all for it. It's just scheduling is really hard. Right. Right. I can I can only imagine. I mean, Jay Jay's busy anyway. You're always on the road. Schlitz always up to something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He and he and Laurie, you know, they're they're doing the 50th anniversary Petra tour right now. Yeah. So, do you foresee any workings with those guys again? Petra. Yeah. No. I don't say I don't say that. Uh, I don't say that derogatory. Um. No, it's they're not making any records. Okay, I, I didn't know. Uh, I don't think they're making I any. No, I, I think they're. I think they got their act pretty tight. I mean, they don't need me. Yeah. But, what's what? What's next for you? I'm uh, just going to continue to play live. I love playing live. Um, trying to set up dates for next year. Uh, I just produced a, a couple of custom records. Uh, I'm going to sing on a friend's record. Um, I'm doing five lead vocals on his record. I just sang on Kerry Livgren's new record. Have you, have you heard any of that stuff? I haven't picked it up yet. Yeah, there's, there's a couple. Of, there's a song on there called One Out of One on his newest record. Okay. It's, uh, it's classic Kansas, Kerry Livgren. And Kerry gave me the uh, the honor of singing it. That's and, and what was it like working with him again? Because I know you, know, you get you guys are good friends anyway, so they had to be they had to bring back some good feelings. Oh, it was awesome! It was awesome when I sent him back the vocal. I thought he was going to have all kinds of changes, and you know, I actually liked what I did because I usually hate what I do, but I sent it back to him, and I, I actually thought. I think Kerry's, you know, he's probably going to pick it apart, but I think he's going to like it. He said, John, don't want to change a thing. <laughs> I was like, whoa, Kerry Livgren telling me he doesn't want to change a thing. I mean, that's that's pretty honorable. That's that's a compliment, big way. I mean, to me, Kerry Livgren, if you look at his career, he's that was a modern-day Mozart, man. He had that kind of talent. Right. I mean, listen to some of the songs that guy wrote. I mean, yeah. it's just crazy. It's crazy good. Yeah, and, and he wrote some stuff that will never be forgotten. Never. And that's... So do you think you'll be doing a, uh, a new solo again soon? Yeah, I mean, you... as, as much as I hate making records, I'll do another one. 
<laughs> there. And when when you do those, Dino's always right there. No, Dino hasn't had anything to do with my last three records, believe it or not. Wow. I, huh. He hasn't been involved in uh, On My Way to the Sun, uh, The Amazing Grace, or uh, Revolution of Mind. He just he uh, he got real disenchanted with the with the Christian music business. Okay, and um, he just didn't want anything to do with it anymore. He just he saw how corrupt it was, and you know I know that's kind of a loud statement to say to you, but well, it's not a false statement. No, it's not a false statement. I mean, Christian radio is the most corrupt business I've ever seen, and I'm not afraid to say that in public. It is. It's corrupt. I, I've had a, I, 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 I did smaller shows here in Indianapolis for about eight years, and my nemesis was always Caleb. Well, and I'm not, they, I'm, they not were, gonna, I'm not going to, I'm not going to point anybody out directly, but I, I, well, I, I will because I, I feel rotten for what, the way I was treated. Oh yeah, I, I bring, I bring a free show to town, and they, they, they put right on there. If it's free, you can list it. They were the first to take it down right after I put it up there. You know, mentioning it was free because it wasn't their mold. It wasn't wasn't uh, the Nashville money machine. It wasn't classic. I was doing classic and things like that, and that that didn't work. Well, but, I, I can give you two examples that I that I can point out that are relevant. Is the first one is you know which is as in the last ten years. Do you remember the song I put out? Uh, this time about how my daughter came into the world and yes, yeah, great song, right? And the video and you know wildly popular, just a massive amount of views on on on. We had we had well over a million views on on YouTube and YouTube pulled it down for one day and started the counter at zero. Okay, that's all well and good. I didn't care about the the views as long as it went back up and people were able to see it. That's all I cared about. Right, but right. Rob could not get one Christian station in the country to play that song. Too controversial. Too controversial. Too controversial. Why is it controversial? Well, because Kroger is one of our sponsors, and you know they might not believe that same way you do. Wait a minute. Who's is the tail wagging the dog? I mean, so you guys have no control over what you do. You're you're ordered to do what you do by these secular conglomerate companies. What's up with that? Right. I mean, do you get my drift there? Yeah. You know, not one. So that's why we decided to make the video. My friend Andrew Manzano said, "Hey, forget the video, man. Don't don't do it. I mean, forget the. I'm sorry. Forget the radio stations. Let's make a video. It'll last a long time. Right. And then we hired a publicist." And man, I did Glenn Beck, I did Hannity, I did Seculo, I did Huckabee, I did every conservative radio station in the country wanted to interview me. And it was it made it wildly successful. I mean, the re- the record sold you know upwards of seventy thousand units, which is a lot for that time. Right. And the other thing is when Dino and I were were you know when we had all our bands, when we had Pachyderm, when we had our record companies. We would try to get, you know, our bands on the radio. I mean, Guardian was a great band. They deserved airplay. Right. But it was it was pay for play. You know, you contribute to our, our share-a-thon and you'll get played. Whoever contributes the most will get the most plays. 
That that's against the law. It's called payola. Yeah. The Christian, the, the secular radio stations can't get away with that anymore. I mean, people went to jail for that, but they continued to do it. You know, if somebody paid them twenty, thirty grand toward their shareathon, they got their artists pay, paid. We weren't going to do it. We weren't going to play that game. And we didn't get. As a result, we didn't get a lot of airplay. If that's not corrupt, Rob, I don't know what is. Yeah, yeah, that's a mess. You know, I, then, I, then, then there's then there's Christian radio stations that, you know, get really super fat off of listen to supported money, and then they turn around and sell it years later for millions of dollars and pocket the money. Wait a minute, that's right. not your money. You know. Yeah. And I'm I'm going off here. This is terrible. <laughs> no, no, you, you you can go off. That's what the podcast is about, man. It's uh, it's 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 inside, down, and dirty sometimes. It's like you know, help me build my radio station with listener supported money, so I can sell it five years from now, and you know, make a few million bucks or more. Not right, just not right. That money doesn't belong to them. It's a it's a listener supported station. The torch right. just be passed on to somebody that wants to, you know, keep it running with listener supported money. And let it be run by by the listeners, not not you know, not the Krogers of the world and and, and the and the whoever's you know, whoever the sponsors are. It's, it's crazy. Right. Well couldn't get away with it in the secular market. Could not get away with it. I mean before before they cracked that law down with, with uh payola, you know, secular secular uh record companies were flying people around the world on vacations. Giving them expensive computers, cars, you name it. All right, cool. They got busted. They got caught doing it and got, you know, they got more than a slap on the wrist. But nobody nobody ever saw that, you know, the Christian radio stations were doing it. And nothing ever happened. The, the blip wasn't big enough on the map for it to be, to be noticed. No. No. And anybody that's been in the business knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, I've, I've witnessed the same thing with with certain Christian music festivals. It's it's part of that part of that niche. The whole pay to play thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I mean, those people have to answer for what they did. Yeah. And and I don't usually. It's not my nature, Rob, to go off on a negative tyrant. You know, like or you know, negative rant like I just did. But you asked me why Dino's not in the business anymore. Well, now now we know what what is Dino doing. Dino's building big, custom, beautiful three, four, five million dollar houses. That's incredible. And uh, that's a... but he's still very much into music, right? I, I can't imagine that he would ever drop out altogether, considering everything you two have been through. Oh, he he was he was the biggest fan of "On My Way to the Sun," my record "On My Way to the Sun." Yeah, he and he just couldn't believe that I made that whole record in my basement by myself, basically. <laughs> well, hey, you had a, you had a good teacher by your side, you know, you know, what a mentor. Oh, he, yeah, Dino was the only one that was. That was able to tell me that your vo- that vocal sucks. Go do it again. You know, I I I'd bring him in a song and sing a vocal, and 
he'd say, that's terrible, man. It's just, it just doesn't sound like you. It doesn't have any passion. And I'd get real mad at him and you know, storm out of his office and go, you don't know what you're talking about. And Then I'd go sing it again. You know, he was usually right. <laughs> oh, man. So he's building houses. You're, you're constantly out with, with other classic rock guys doing tours. Right. And you're, you're going to be doing eventually another solo album. I, I, well, it sounds like in the future. You know, like I said, I, I don't like making records, but I love making records. It's a love-hate. Because it's, it's so laborious, man. It's so hard to start with nothing and end up with 11 songs on a record that, you know, unless you're co-writing with a bunch of guys and you can get the songs together real fast, but that's not the way I work. So, you know, making a record for me is, is it's, it's a lot of work. You know, when I started On My Way to the Sun, which was emanated from a Kickstarter campaign, I mean, I... Right. I, um... I sat in front of my computer and just looked at the screen and went, okay, now what? <laughs> what do I do? I'm twiddling my thumbs, you know, like, uh, what do I do now? I need to make a whole record. Thank God. Why did I say I would do this? <laughs> but here's, here's the important part, though, Rob. God always comes through. Yeah, every time. I, I, I remember when I was making the record, I would just lay on my back in the studio and shut my eyes and sort of get into a meditation mode with God. Say, Lord, give me lyrics. Give me melodies. Give me songs that are going to glorify you. And it, the stuff just started happening. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's when it, it all came together. Yeah. When, um... Describe uh, Mastodon to, to us, because I know a lot of people know that Mastodon was there. How did that come about? Mastodon was a result of all the songs that were supposed to be my solo record, but it wasn't time for me to make a solo record for some reason. I don't know why, but all those songs were written for my, those were all written for my solo record. All those songs. Okay. Most all those songs. Wow. 99% of them. But... I decided not to do a solo record at that, at that time. So we formed this thing called Mastodon where we could use different singers where it wasn't necessarily a John Lafonte solo album. Okay. So we called it Mastodon, pulled in friends and family and made those records. And they were fun to make because we got, you know, we're using Dave Amato and David Pack and Tony Palacios and you know, all these great players, uh, John Petitucci, um, you know, just great, great musicians. And um, I thought the result was pretty good, especially Lafcadio. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, that's... I still listen to it these days, and I hear Dave Amato, I think, you know, he's the guitar, he's been the guitar player in Ariel Speedwagon now for. Yeah, over th for years, thirty years, yeah. And um, here's a guy that I, you know, I, I venture to say is not a believer as we think of as a as a believer. Out there singing songs like, you know, the lyric, you know, the lyrics in Mastodon, heavy, heavy yeah. Christian lyrics. Yeah, 
he's out there thinking and, 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 and I'm, you know, I'm hitting the talk back and I'm going, Dave, are you sure you're okay singing this stuff? You know what you're singing about? He goes, yeah, man, hit play. Let's go. He didn't, it's like, <laughs> what a better way to witness to a guy. <laughs> you know, the thing is not like glory bound and, and when it all comes down and right. gosh, it was just amazing. Nice. He's so proud of those records, man. He said, <clears throat> I talk to Dave once a week. <coughs> Excuse me, Rob. And um, he says, John, we do meet and greets all the time. And every single time we sit at a table and sign records and do meet and greets, there's at least five people that ask about Mastodon. <laughs> That's awesome. And finally, the guys in the band a few years ago, who's Matt? What is this Mastodon thing? They're like, why are people always asking you about that? And he'll say to them, ah, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> it's really quite uh, quite interesting. I, I ran into Dave one time at a NAM show, uh, probably like 2015. Oh, he loves those NAM shows. And uh, I was getting, I was just getting up to throw my, my uh, tray, my lunch stuff away and I looked up. I, I'm a huge REO junkie. And I, I threw my stuff away and I turned around and Dave Amato was two feet from me. And I looked at him and went, Dave. He looked straight at my name badge and said, Rob. <laughs> and I just I hate to be starstruck, but I gotta get a picture with this guy. So he did, and he was like, he was as nice as possibly as you could possibly be. Oh, Dave is a, he's such a sweetheart, man. Swears like a sailor, man, but I love the guy to death. <laughs> he, see, now that's another guy who had big shoes to fill because I'm a huge rich, a rich Ralph knot. Oh, you know, he, so is he. And, you know, when, when Dave took Gary's place, it's like, wow, that's how do you go from Ted Nugent to Ario Speedwagon? And, you know, but like you say, he, he's been there for over 30 years and he, he's been there longer than. And anybody at this point. Uh, yeah, he's he's such a sweet guy, man. I just love Dave to death. He's just really kind and, and nice. And I've never seen a guy have that much success and not change one bit. Yeah. No, that's cool. I mean, he, before he was with REO, he was, he was in Nugent's band. He was in Cher's band. Yep. He was out with Richie Zambora. Um... You know, everybody. And the guy's got no ego. He just, he's just got no ego. I just, I just love him because I'm, I'm not an ego guy myself. Yeah. There's enough egos out there in the music world. Well, I, 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 I judge my, I judge my popularity by my family. Every time I start singing, they just tell me to shut up. <laughs> Dad. Papa, be quiet. You know, it's like, okay. I'm nobody. I get it. Well, the the when when uh, my son Kevin and I came out to uh, see see you and Schlitt perform, man, what, what was that? 2017, 18 now. Was that like oh, at that oh, little farm area or something? Or yeah, it was at a church on the far east end of Ohio. Right, I do remember that. It didn't it start to rain or something? It rained like a beast. 
Yeah, I remember but, that. But uh, I've, I've been friends with Schlitt for a while, but I had not met you yet. And I have to admit, I was intimidated. Because I'm thinking, I'm going to be John Elefante. And you turned out to be as great as, as, as Schlitt. You're, you're just, that's, that's when I realized these, these guys are just guys. Yeah, just regular dudes. <laughs> and, and Dino was the same way. Both of you were just super, super awesome to, to my son and I. And, and, and for that, you know, thanks because oh, – was, was Dino on that, on that gig with us? He, he was there with you, and he played he, – he let me hold his Duesenberg guitar. Oh, it was Duesenberg. He didn't, just, he didn't let anybody just do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh my, thanks. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he, he was great. That, that was, that was just an absolute blast. And wow. It'd yeah, be, ni- be nice to do that one again. For sure. But, but well, I have kept you for a while. So I, I do want to ask if, if, if there was one person, because, you know, I am Santa Rob and you could have a wish, who would you wish you could play with? Just one, either dead or alive, there's got to be at least one person that you wish you could sing sing with. McCartney. Uh, see, yeah, the alive one would be, and this one you're going to be surprised about. Is I'm going to name two people. Yeah, Jeff Lynne. Okay. And Donald Fagan. And Donald Fagan. Steely wow. Dan. Steely Dan. One in my top three favorite bands of all time. Okay, I love Jeff Lynne too, man. The guy's so brilliant. Well, he, he is. I mean, look what he did with ELO and the Wilburys. Well, I mean, there's a lot of guys I'd love to. Eric Clapton. Um, there's a lot of guys I'd. I'd... In fact, well, I'm supposed to do something with Ringo on Sunday. Yeah, but they asked me to learn too many songs. I just can't pull it together that fast. Yeah, they're they're putting him in the um, the uh, Nashville Hall of Fame. Okay, so he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be downtown, and I got a call today that you know can you sing? Can you learn these five songs? I said, man, I'm honored that you asked me to you know do some you know sing at Ringo's inauguration into the Hall, Nashville Hall of Fame, but. Dude, I can't learn. I can't. I just, I can't learn five songs in two days. I'll, and I have night. I'm the kind of guy that has nightmares about screwing up on stage and singing the wrong lyrics. Right. So whenever I see, you know, whenever I see myself headed in that direction, I steer clear. Because <laughs> it's 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 a it's a nightmare, man. I can't even imagine, especially with somebody of the stature of Ringo. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a Beatle here. Yeah, yeah. But, but what you, with you mentioning Jeff Lynn, here, here's my suggestion for for the Jay Seculo band. Handle with care by the Wilburys. Handle me with care. Yeah. I think I think if anybody could pull it off, it's you guys. Oh, I know we could. And there's another song by ELO uh, that almost sounds like a, a pro life song. It's a living thing. Living thing, such a terrible yeah. thing to lose. That sounds like a pro-life song to me, doesn't it? Yeah. Hey, there you go. What a great song. Let 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 Jay know that we want to hear it. 
You got it. So living thing, what's the one you said? Handle with care. Handle me with care. Okay. You got yeah. it. And uh, tell Schlitt he has to sing the Bob Dylan part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, there's, there's nobody that's funner to tease on the face of the earth than John Schlitt. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. He wears this one suit jacket on stage, and you remember Caddyshack or tell him, John, did you get a free bowl of soup with that? <laughs> and he just he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't come back at me. He just laughs. You know, he just laughs. laughs. Such a great yeah. guy. I love that guy, man. <laughs> We've been friends a long time. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a one of a kind, and just when he's, you think he's gone, he pulls you right back in. He's he's the reason that I got involved with promoting and getting involved with more classic Christian rock. So. As I tell everybody, all roads lead to John. Oh, yeah. It's always his fault. Schlitt is and he knows it. One of my probably top two or three closest friends in the world. I, I, my, my wife was cleaning out our room the other day, and, and she found a box of stuff. And she found my original Schlitt Happens t-shirts that I was selling for him. So really? I still have, yeah, for, from John Schlitt Ministries. And uh, and I, I still have several Schlitt Happens t-shirts in my room, all boxed up, ready to be mailed out. That's funny. So, but, well, I'm going to let you go. Good talk, I, can't, I, I can't thank you enough for being here. And uh, You caught me in a good time because I'm just waiting for my wife to cook dinner. You're, you're, you're a busy guy, so, so thanks a lot. And I will be in touch with you again soon. If you, next time you're in Indy, let me know. Are you going to edit any of this stuff? Probably not. No? I'll text you. <laughs> oh, gosh. Please tell people. Uh, I didn't mean to offend anybody about the whole radio corrupt stuff, but, you know, you got to get it off your chest, man. It's just the way it hey, works. Truth is truth. Yep. Truth, truth is truth, and there's no denying it. No. So, so I will let you go, and I appreciate it very much, John. All right, Rob. Take care, man. All right, thank you. Thank you. God bless. Bye bye. That was quite possibly the most special, heartfelt interview ever from John Elefante. John, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your busy schedule just to talk to me on my little podcast. I'm honored and I'm a better man for knowing you. So thank you, John Elefante. Wow, what a special time. If you enjoyed that, please send me an email at santarobpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know what you thought. And if you have ideas for topics or guest suggestion, you can email them there as well. And you can also do the same on our Facebook page, Playing It with Santa Rob on Facebook. Like it, comment, let me know that you're there, and head over to Spotify, 
subscribe to the podcast. Give me that five-star rating. Let's keep this podcast going. And I can keep it going because I have two awesome sponsors. I've got Brett Christmer's Mustache Wax. That's bscenterprises.com. That's the home of Santa Rob Mustache Wax. And yes, it is hot chocolate scented and it's easy to work and I love that stuff. Use Santa Rob as a discount code. So discount code Santa Rob. And he's got a ton of fragrances there. So ladies, with Christmas coming up, BSC Enterprises. And also, Hotspot Collectibles and Toys.com. If you love collecting things, whether it's wrestling figures or video games, you name it, if it's collectible, my buddy Brad at HotspotCollectiblesandToys.com has what you're looking for. Use discount code SANTAROB and save 15% on your order there as well. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you next week. Actually, I won't see you. You'll hear me next week on uh, Slaying It With Santa Rob. Until then, ho, ho, ho. See you next week.